following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill It's a dangerous love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who going this town tonight Welcome to Kwame Nassiter Sports Talk Alex Clancy in studio today Kwame should be calling in uh, here in a little bit uh, it's going to be an NCAA tournament heavy show today. That is for sure. Uh, first thing I'll say is uh, Warren Buffett seems to be safe with his billion dollars because after the first game yesterday, Dayton, Ohio State, Dayton wins 60-59. Only 19.7% of people still had a perfect bracket. Only 19.7% of the 11 million in the – well, it's for ESPN, 19.7% of the 11 million brackets entered pick Dayton. So that just shows right off the bat how crazy the NCAA tournament is. I was jazzed. I watched almost all of the games yesterday. Um, really exciting. Really, really interesting storylines. Showed a lot of teams coming out of the woodworks, taking care of business. Harvard, 12 seed, wins, beat Cincinnati 61-57. North Dakota State beats Oklahoma as a 12 seed, 80-75. North Dakota State really showed a lot to me yesterday. They shoot 54% from the field. They did over the course of the year, which is outstanding. I believe they had four guys that averaged double digits, so uh, dispersion of points was was prevalent over the course of the year with them. And they showed like they belonged. You know, that was that was the first one that really stuck out to me. And they have San Diego State in the second round. So that that could be your sweet six team there, sweet sixteen team there. Um as a 12 seed, because I mean, San Diego State played all right. Uh, they needed overtime to beat New Mexico State, Kevin. Um, the, with San Diego State, the issues are always on the offensive side of the basketball. Even when they made the Elite Eight a few years back with Kawhi Leonard, they, they couldn't put the ball in the basket. They were scoring in the 40s and 50s more than scoring in the 60s and 70s, which in the NCAA tournament doesn't normally yield that grade of results throughout the whole tournament. So yeah, we'll talk a lot, a lot of NCAA basketball. And uh, yeah, I'm pumped. We have another day today, 16 more games on the docket today. A lot of exciting ones. Three number one seeds go today. Uh, Florida was the lone number one seed yesterday, beating Albany. It was closer than people had expected, 67-55. Uh, Albany held tough. I think it was either tied or two-point two point differential at halftime. And Florida just kind of started to pull away a little bit. But uh, kudos to Albany for for sticking it, sticking with Florida, the number one overall seed in the tournament. I do first want to talk about Dayton, Ohio State. The one thing that I saw from this game was how good Aaron Kraft is. And I know they lost. Uh, I, I know that he had a, a shot rim out right at the buzzer that would have won the game for them. S- sprinted down the length of the court with 3.8 seconds. I've gotten to the key and, and almost made something miraculous happen. 
when he doesn't touch the ball, Ohio State doesn't play well. And I think that's pretty obvious to say for any point guard. If your point guard's off the ball, uh, movement of the basketball uh, is hindered a little bit. And Dayton did a really good job playing defense on Aaron Kraft for the majority of the game. But when the game mattered, Aaron Kraft took over. And he reminds me of a Steve Blake a little bit when Steve Blake was at Maryland. I believe they won a championship there. He just he doesn't do anything especially well. He's not a great three-point shooter. He's not a great slasher. He's, uh, he's a great ball handler, uh, even though he had four turnovers in the first half yesterday. Uh, he steals a lot of basketballs. I think he had four or five steals yesterday. Um, but when, when the time comes, he takes care of business. He had two huge and-ones with, within seven minutes uh, left of the, of the second half yesterday. And to tie the game both times, uh, they're down one with you know forty five seconds left, I think, or thirty seconds left, and coming out of a timeout, and he just slashes down as his body contortioning, contorting uh, layup that he made to, to put them up one with with eighteen seconds left, and th- that should have been enough. The defense was 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 poor. Um, by Ohio State when Dayton came down and and made the the running uh running right-hander uh, to eventually win the game. It was a really exciting game. That was the first game yesterday. That's not to mention there were four overtime games. It was just it was an exhausting day of basketball. Uh, another storyline that, that really intrigued me was uh, how good Syracuse looked. Now, I know they're playing the 314. They played Western Michigan, who's obviously an inferior team. But they played really well. They're, they made shots that they hadn't been making over the you know the last last few weeks of the season. I think they they ended the season two and five in the last seven games. But they came out mentally tough. They're obviously freakishly talented. I mean, nobody's ever questioned Syracuse's teams as as uh, not being just athletically gifted. Um, their leading scorer, Cooney with 18, CJ Fair, 11 boards, Tyler Ennis, 6 assists. I mean, that, that's what you're going to expect. That's what you've come to expect from Syracuse over the whole course of the year, especially when they were number one for a few weeks. I'm not sure what's going to happen with them in the second round. They're playing the winner of New Mexico and Stanford. I picked New Mexico to beat them. It, well, in the third round, technically, my apologies. I picked New Mexico to beat them because Mexico has more experience just as a team. They have more upperclassmen than, than Syracuse does. So it's really going to con- come down to methodical basketball versus freakish talent. And I, granted, yes, Syracuse does play methodically. I, I, I get that. Their defense is troublesome at times, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, and I won't go into it again, that I think the 2-3 zone is keeping them from winning more more big games in the tournament than... They, they would if they were to play man-to-man, especially, again, with all that athleticism they have on their team. That's a story for another day, and, and we'll talk about that on Saturday, or we'll talk about that on Monday after they play Saturday. But yeah, Syracuse looked really good. And uh, Jim Beheim, you could see he was pained on the sidelines. It was, an, it was a close-ish game early, and then they just kind of took off, ended up winning by 24. So that was good. It's good for their confidence. And they could be a dark horse in this tournament. 
Everybody's picking Michigan State, Louisville, Florida, Arizona, right around that region, even Kansas, because of Andrew Wiggins, uh, depending on if Joel Embiid comes back or not after their second game, pending they win today. But Syracuse could definitely be a force. And if they play anything like they did yesterday in, in the upcoming games, they definitely can make the Final Four. They can make a Final Four run for the second year in a row. What else? Connecticut, 89-81 over St. Joe's. This was an exciting game as well. Shabazz Napier showed how good of a player he was for UConn. He's making his claim to be a lottery pick as well. He's good. You know, 24-8. It's tough to do in college basketball. Now North Dakota State. 12 seed. Once again, I, I alluded to them earlier. They, you know, they're they're good. North Dakota, you don't really think about teams from North Dakota at all, ever. I mean, even as a 12 seed in, in, in history, anybody that's followed the NCAA tournament knows that the... the Five twelve matchup is always the one that has the most variance. Two twelve seeds won yesterday. So, I mean, if that doesn't tell you something, then then the history of it will. It did. This game did go to overtime, and Loris Alexander hit a three with eleven seconds left. These. That, that put it into overtime, the time they gave him put it into overtime. And it's it's great. that That's the beauty of this tournament is that small schools can still do big things. And that's really cliche. I understand that. But these kids maybe were on the cusp of getting a scholarship to a bigger school, didn't make the cut, didn't have the grades, something in that regard. But they can still shine in the NCAA tournament. And this Lawrence Alexander kid is, is somebody to watch. It shows that it doesn't matter what school you go to. You can still be an exemplary college basketball player and make a career out of it after your college career is over. So that's great. That, that's a great storyline. We'll definitely keep an eye on North Dakota State. Uh, San Diego State, this one, I, I was a little worried going into this game. I almost picked New Mexico State to beat to beat the Aztecs. Um, I didn't. I go with defense the majority of the time, even though their defense isn't good enough to cover how bad their offense is by today's standards of the NCAA basketball as a whole. And again, New Mexico State had a kid that hit a three-pointer with six seconds left to force overtime. I said this yesterday. And again, these kids are 18, 19, 20 years old. They're on a huge stage. There's a lot of money at stake. I know they don't think about that, but Vegas is Vegas makes killings during the NCAA tournament. So a lot of people have a lot of stake in these games, regardless of if it's a first-round game, second-round game, or the Final Four. So this stage is gigantic. And I'm not sure if these kids know how big the stage is while they're playing. I'm not sure if... The, if, if they really will grasp the magnitude now or if it takes until they're out of college and watch it, watch these old tapes and, and watch the tournament after they're not playing basketball anymore in college to really, to really see how large this stage is. 
But these shots these kids are hitting late in games, just cold-blooded. Especially when you're down, especially when you're not supposed to win, especially when nobody picked you to win. Hitting these shots, it's, it's what basketball is all about. It's the purity of the game. This is for the love of the game, to coin another cliche. Sorry, I'll stop doing that. And this is why I, this is one of the reasons why, and it's easy for me to say this because I never played collegiate sports, that paying players could potentially tarnish this, tarnish the purity of the game. New Mexico State, North Dakota State, two huge shots to send their team into overtime when nobody thought they should be there to begin with. North Dakota State, to a a lesser degree, they have a better team than New Mexico State does. But hitting big shots in the tournament is something that these kids dream of. And to actually execute it in a high-stress situation like under 10 seconds of a game yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I'm going to take a break. We have Kwame on the line now. I'll be back in about 45 seconds. We're going to talk the rest of the games tomorrow. We're going to talk heavy on Louisville-Manhattan. If it was fair for the NCAA Tournament Committee to line up Rick Patino with one of his former ball boys, assistant coaches, and players. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in the studio. We'll bring Kwame in after the break. We'll be back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchOfDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. We are joined now by Kwame Lasseter on the line. Kwame, 
How's your bracket yeah. looking? Oh, no, wait, you didn't fill out a bracket. I filled all the bracket in my head, and it's looking fine. Oh, yeah, oh, that's that's convenient. It's looking <laughs> great. Yeah, it's how about... great. So I, I covered Ohio State game, Syracuse, and I went down the line a little bit. I do want to talk about Louisville-Manhattan. Louisville had to... Uh, had to hit a couple big shots late to uh, escape here. They won 71-64 over the Manhattan Jaspers, a 13 seed. Uh, the story that, I, that, that intrigued me the most and what got Rick Pitino really upset was that they put him against one of his old guys. You know, I, I don't really understand the theory behind this. I don't understand why. I mean, I, Massiello is his name. The guy that used to be Rick Pitino's ball boy with the Knicks, he played for him at Kentucky and spent six years along, uh, coaching with him at Louisville. So I don't know why they would do this to Rick Pitino, especially after they won the national championship last year. They run the same offense. Manhattan runs the same offense as Louisville. So at one point it, it was reported that, that Massiello was calling out Louisville's plays to his guys and had a defense set up for each play. Right. So, so do you think that this is a sign of disrespect, or do you think that this is Bettino thinking that he's bigger than the game and this shouldn't be done to him? No, let's let's congratulate uh, Rick Bettino and his team, Louisville, for winning a game that was um, unfairly matched up against him. The NCAA loves a great story. They wanted this to be a story. They want to see if the predecessor can or the, uh, the, the, the student can knock off the teacher. They'd run the same offense. I think Patino hit it on the head when he said, in practice, when we play against and practice against each other, it is difficult. The game becomes easier when we get to play against somebody else. So when you're trying to defend the mirror of you, it is difficult because that opponent knows what's next or what's coming. They've seen it before. It becomes deja vu. So that's more so the NCAA on a few parts. Want to see in a matchup between the two. Want to make a good story out of it. And I, and I really believe, hoping that they get to knock Patino out of the tournament so it makes it easier down the road for somebody else because the style of offense and defense this guy plays contend with anybody who's in this bracket. Um, so I, 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 one of the things you mentioned before you went to break was the purity of the NCAA or basketball there is or where you pay players. I don't think there's any purity in the NCAA at all, whether that be any sport, because of the NCAA and what they do. I, I, I don't know if you touched on the um, the New Mexico State-San Diego game. There's no purity in that at all when you have to be on a plane and get home at 5 in the morning when they're making millions of dollars for somebody sitting in the air conditioning. The Rick Latino situation was just another story, another avenue where they can go and, and find some unfairness and call it right. Yeah, I mean, I, I just it would have been nice maybe to link them up in the, in the second round or the third round. God, I hate that with the first. Link them up in the third round and not right away because, I mean, it's you want somebody to root for that's that really will have no uh, will be no competition to you. It's like your little brother, something in that regard. But putting them up together, it's fine. It's going to be a non-issue, and, and we're going to move on. I mean, that's really a oh, quick update. Duke's up 9-5 over Mercer with uh, just under 17 minutes left in the first half. That's the only game going right now. Um. What? What, what was your? I know you talked about the, uh, and, and we said this on air. We said this on air yesterday. The, um, I, I knew. I just kind of knew that the uh, University of Dayton would beat Ohio State. But Ohio State would never put them on their schedule because of a uh, probably recruiting. 
and probably better athletes. I, I don't know why the biggest school, DU Ohio, the Ohio State, would not play those guys, and they're right down the street from them. Um, but I knew that game from the start of it was favorite Dayton. Yeah, and I, I said this uh, first off that only 19.7% of people that filled out a tournament bracket for ESPN picked Dayton. So yeah. that's um, and I picked them to beat um, again. I picked them to beat Syracuse in the next round. So we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes because uh, I actually wrote mine down and uh, what so you trying to say? yeah. Oh, well, I'm trying to say that I actually holding myself accountable. Uh, <laughs> so um, next up, uh, Florida. You know, it's fine. We'll, we'll gloss over that. They they won. Maybe they weren't exactly ramped up as much as other teams were because they could just walk in on their worst day and, and beat Albany, uh, Michigan. Put a good showing against Wolford. Uh, Michigan has always been kind of Jekyll and Hyde. They have great talent over there. They have great players, great coaching, and sometimes they just don't. Sh- game too. Yeah, uh, and and normally they put up a lot of points. Glenn Robinson the third is kind of leading that team, and um, they made noise last year. So obviously they're in the the bracket of hell uh, in the lower right in the Midwest. Uh, they play Texas next. And Texas obviously gave ASU a fight, tipped, tipped the ball in at the buzzer to beat Arizona State yesterday. Uh, the one after that is the big one. It's either going to be Duke or the winner of UMass and Tennessee. That's, that's really tough, and we'll see what Michigan's made of. But obviously they're, they're uh, molded for the tournament. They did lose Trey Burke, obviously, to the NBA. He's playing with the Utah Jazz now. But uh, they looked really good. You know, and Again, it's a 215 matchup, so it's hard to gauge if – it's just based on talent alone, or if they actually played a good basketball game, and I think it was both for Michigan yesterday. Well, I know you got one of your, uh, at least one, as I look at the brackets. I know you got at least one right. You got that Pitt and Colorado game correct. My most, uh, <laughs> I picked uh, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I did. You picked who, Colorado? Yeah, I went to Colorado, man. I picked them. I, see, okay. You can't let your heart get in the way with your brain. Now, I'm not going to acknowledge that. Uh, tournaments, which was fun. Uh, I'm sure it was just exciting at the bungalow yeah. uh, as it was in the house. But what Adrian Payne did yesterday for Michigan State was the, was the side of things to come. Was was an awesome game this guy played. Not so much that he was scoring at will, and not so much that it was Delaware, but what he did at the free throw line. Now, anybody can score, uh, especially the great talents, can score on lesser talents most time at will. But when you get to the free throw line, you have to make those shots. This guy goes 17 for 17. I think he ends up with 41 points and such a uh, tournament record of points uh, and a tournament record for a straight free throws without a miss. That was just an awesome game to watch. Not that that And Delaware was pretty good. Delaware fought. They came back um, a couple of times. But I think Michigan State was just too powerful for them. And, and what Payne was doing, Adrian Payne was doing for Michigan State, they just didn't have enough for him. They could, and then they had the outside-inside game that uh, Delaware State could not prepare for or was not evenly matched for in that game. Yeah, that they was were one of the most exciting games for me. Yeah, I mean, and they were Delaware was was a victim of Michigan State getting too low of a seed. Uh, Michigan State shouldn't be a four seed. That's not fair for Delaware to play a team of that caliber. I know, I agree with you. But, but you know but what? The tournament, the the, people we talk about. Yeah, but they were sm- what they said. Like unlike the BCS or now the now defunct BCS, is that we gauge game one the same as we gauge the last game of the year. And Michigan State was preseason number one overall. Then they got all the injuries, lost a bunch of games, and then they're, now they're healthy. So 
Michigan State now is playing Harvard in the sec- in the third round, which is kind of not a gift because Harvard looked really good yesterday, and we'll talk about them in a second. But Michigan State now, th- th- they're in position. They might have one of the easiest roads to the Final Four out of anybody right now. Uh, depending, we don't really know what Virginia is going to bring. I think they're the first team in in decades to not make the tournament one year last year and then be a number one overall seed the year after. So we really don't know if that's fool's gold there or not, and we'll find out today. They're playing Coastal Carolina. Um, I think out of any year this year with Warren Buffett p- given a given a billion dollars, this is when the 16 seed will be the one seed, and it's going to screw everybody. So well, I, I'm I, look- I, won't, I wouldn't say. Uh, I'm sure it's the first time it happened. You don't make the tournament one year and become the number one seed the next year. But I want to say it was a letdown in that conference. Now think about where Virginia's playing. It's playing in the ACC where there's Duke, North Carolina, Syracuse. Uh, sometimes, again, North Carolina State. One of those teams seemed to come up. Uh, but it wasn't the conference. It's just, well, these guys are well-seasoned. We've seen, we've seen tournament, uh, teams, universities, not make the uh, tournament, just sitting around waiting, and they didn't get in for the fact that they put some Mid-America team or some other team in, uh, and now you have to play in the NIT. Who knows when these teams get in? We've seen also teams get in the final draw and then go further into the tournament than expected. So uh, I- I'd say two thumbs up. Not that you were bashing UVA, but I'd just say two thumbs to these guys able to do what they did, not be in the tournament a year before and this year have a number one seed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying right, that it, right, it's a right. uh, they're. I think they're the lowest ranked number one seed. Um, right. Well, so them in uh, Wichita State, would you say? Well, no, Wichita State's undefeated. Well, lowest ranked. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, competition wise, yeah. But no, I think that they're out of. If you rank the four number one overall seed, the four number one seeds, I go Florida. Their record's concerned. Well, no, just and and yeah, I mean that's fine. Florida, then Wichita State, then Arizona, then Virginia. I truly believe that that's it. I think I think Virginia ended up fourth in the country at the end of the year, anyways. So that that that's how that's how it works out. Did uh, Florida end up number one, or Wichita end up number one? Florida and Wichita ended up two. Oh, okay. So next, Harvard Cincinnati. This was one of the most fun games for me to watch as a basketball fan because you couldn't get two teams that are more different than each other than Harvard and Cincinnati. I was taking notes during the games, and the thing that I wrote was methodical versus athleticism. And that's truly what we watched. Cincinnati has had issues with um, ju- just with uh, being mentally tough. There was a big fight with Cincinnati, I believe, a couple of years ago uh, d- during a game. And uh, you, have, you just have great, great talent over there. The coaching isn't great. Hasn't been great since uh, since Bob Huggins left. Uh, these guys, it doesn't seem like they play as a team. It looked like an AAU team. It's just they had great talent. I mean, that's there's no question about that. And Harvard, on the other side, didn't have, in my opinion, close to as great of athleticism and talent. But they ran an offense and they stuck to the offense, and that was it. They were up seven at halftime, and they looked like they belonged there. They had that confidence. That was lacking a couple years ago. They won a game last year as a 13 seed, I believe. And this is the first time in, I think, 30 years that an Ivy League school won a tournament game in back-to-back years. Which is exciting. Because, you know, those guys, they looked confident. 
They looked like they expected to win that game. And when, when that happens with a team that isn't as good as, as, as many others in the conference, it's a great thing to watch. Well, outside of being methodical, um, Harvard looks like they're very athletic as well. Those guys were moving around. Those guys were dunking the ball that would look like the Cincinnati team. Those guys were uh, making them proper passes. So outside of being, being methodical, I think Cincinnati came into the game thinking it's Harvard. Uh, it's Harvard, and we're going to beat them. And that's the, um, that's the disrespect that cost them this game because if they know schools like Harvard, when they get in, they're not there in for a reason. They're in to go the distance. Uh, they only lost four games this year. Kind of like if Cincinnati played Wichita, well, the first thing in my mind, I'm thinking Cincinnati is probably saying it's just Wichita. They don't play the competition we play. You gotta, one of the things you mentioned also was, and I've said this a dozen times, a shooter, once he gets hot, it's hard to stop him. Then you have to count for him, which, which puts two people on him. Then you, leave, you have to leave somebody open, and the transition defenses are not fast enough to get there, especially on the college level when there's more selfish players and then team players on that program, in that program. So I think Cincinnati pretty much overlooked Harvard. Harvard was very athletic. They were very um, uh, skilled, and they were what they, they were, exactly what we thought they were. They thought, they thought around, they stayed in their defense. They stayed in their offense, and they played Harvard basketball and didn't try to compensate that we play in Cincinnati. We have to do something different. Well, you don't have to do anything different when you only lost four games all year. You're 27 and four at that time. You're 26 and four. You beat Cincinnati. You go up to Spokane and you beat Cincinnati and in a, in a, on the big stage, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and unfortunately, they walk into a buzzsaw with Michigan State. Uh, we do have to take a break. Duke 12 12 tie with Mercer. 13 minutes left in the first half. Carmel Lesser Sports Talk. We'll come back and talk more NCAA basketball. We'll be back in a minute. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live and on demand. 
No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Sports Talk. Uh, we're talking cookies over here. Uh, <laughs> uh, for- Oreo cookies or watermelon. 14-14, Duke Mercer tied, 11-25 left in the first half. We've been talking NCAA tournament basketball, one of the most fun times of year. I think that the NFL playoffs and, and these three weeks of basketball are the two most exciting things in sports today. Uh, we've covered most of the games. Uh, the Masters. Okay, yeah, the Masters we got in two weeks, huh? Yep. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. If Tiger plays, that'll be good. Uh, yeah, so we've been talking games today. We're going to finish up. We have a couple more to talk about. Then we're going to look to the games today and uh, make our predictions. Kwame's just going to say I'm right because he has his bracket in his head. Uh, I, wonder if uh, Warren exactly. Bu- I wonder if Warren Buffett will give you a billion dollars because you said that you made a perfect bracket in your head. I don't know. That's, that, that's a developing story. Everything in my story. head is perfect until I involve people around me. Everything in my head is perfect until the outside people come in. At least you're not egotistical about it. So uh, St. Louis, <laughs> NC State, 83-80, St. Louis. Um, I didn't see this one coming. Uh, first of all, I didn't see NC State jumping out to that big of a lead. I thought it was going to be closer throughout, and I definitely didn't see uh, St. Louis come back for 59-45 de- deficit with uh, under five minutes to go in regulation to force overtime. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure what to take from this. I don't know that much about St. Louis as a team personally. Uh, well, I watched about three games of St. Louis this year, or maybe, maybe more, uh, and they just looked active. Uh, but they also listen, look inconsistent at times. So when I watched this game, I understand when you said you didn't know what to make of because I thought St. Louis had a greater chance. They ended up winning the game, but I thought North Carolina State would come in there and handle their business. And North Carolina State gave them a run for their money. Absolutely. Uh, but St. Louis is an active team. They do have some uh, shooters over there. Distribute the ball well. Uh, everyone gets to touch it, uh, kind of a harborish way. But they they just been when I say inconsistent. They only lost six games this year, but they they play. You can see them taking time off. You can see them take two or three minutes off and give other teams, the opponent a chance to get into the game or or take the game from them. Now the and one they, the one thing that I took from this and it's uh. Not a, not a positive thing. 12 of 26 from the free throw line for St. Louis. So with that in, in, in the back of their mind, you have to make free throws to win tournament games. Ask Memphis. Ask Memphis and Derrick Rose what it's like to lose a championship game because you can't shoot free throws. So, yeah, and then ask Kansas. Yeah, well, Kansas wouldn't have won if they could make free throws. Uh, <laughs> so th- this is a really interesting game. St. Louis has Louisville next round, and... With Louisville watching on with this game, you can see, I mean, you, you have to now have innate respect if they didn't already for the Billikens because you know they're never out of a game. And that's, again, cliche. That's my third one today. i got to stop that. Um, Louisville's got to know that no lead is safe. And, that, and that's something that, that Patino will preach to his guys from now until they play tomorrow, whatever time they play. So, it's going to be a great game. And you're right. That's what the tournament is. Uh, that's it. To me... 
I mean, you, you mentioned a lot of things about the tournaments and what makes the tournaments. I like the excitement of it. I like the Harvard beating Cincinnati. I like you underachieving, looking over Harvard. I like uh, Dayton beating Ohio State, thinking that they just going to come in and lay down. I like those type of games. I like this Louisville game uh, with North Carolina State. I mean, not St. Louis game, North Carolina State having a chance to win. Now they have to go play Louisville, who's getting over probably a little bit emotional, having to play someone they know on the opposite end. But they end up pulling that game out just by the athletes. I mean, you can run schemes. You can run schemes and all the plays you want to, but athletically, if you're doing the same thing on both ends, that may take over. Athletically and, and the thought process, the thinking process of, of the basketball game. So that's, that, that game, the, Saint, the Louisville game and St. Louis game is one to watch along with, I would be interested to watch the, the, uh, the Michigan State and Harvard game. So I'm probably going to find me a bar and watch these games. Okay. Maybe the ball glow. Maybe the, yeah, right. Yeah, right, you're going to have to pay for stuff. You have so so we're going to go to the games that are happening today again. Duke and Mercer tied 17-17 with 10 and a half left. That's interesting. That could be a hiccup game. I'm not sure uh exactly um I I don't know what's happening right now. I'm just looking at the stats and and uh it we'll see what happens in the second half. Normally games like this that are close in the first half, in the first 2 or 3 minutes of the second half the superior team can kind of pull away. Uh, we'll see what the, if that happens with Duke. I mean, this is what happens well, when you have a when you have a young leader in Jabari Parker that's never been here before. You know what you're getting? You're getting a lot of excitement. Can't wait to play because everybody played the day before you did, and you're getting a lot of nervousness. Can we move in? Don't be that team. Don't be Duke to get upset by Mercer. No, don't be that team. So you're getting a lot of that. That's why we see 17-17 score. Um, at, what is it, about nine minutes left in the, in the first? Yeah, nine and a half. Yeah, you see, you see that. Uh, but you see the excitement and also the nervousness. And then when they come out, we, we can see the team that wants it, a team that is better, go ahead and make that run. If you had to pick one team out of the three number ones that are playing today, Arizona versus Weber State, Wichita State versus Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, or Virginia versus Coastal Carolina, is there one that could potentially lose this game, in your opinion? Virginia versus Coastal Carolina. You think so? Yeah, I think that's what you asked me. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's well, that's fine. So you pick, no, I that's is what I asked you. Thank you for listening. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just I'm just curious. I mean, because we're one for well, we're one I'll for one on close one sixteen games, and a twelve point game uh-huh. on a one versus uh, one versus sixteen is close enough. Cal Poly, Cal Poly is not a bad school. It's not at all. I, I, I'm probably going to end up living up there at some point. Um, uh, Virginia and Coastal Carolina, these these schools are so close to each other as far as the uh, demographics are. Um, and, and and I think they might have played each other before. But I, I think that is a game, to answer your question again, that is a game I think out of the number ones, they can be upset on the first day. I don't know. I, don't... I, I think Arizona I think Arizona take care of uh, Weaver State. I think they'll take care of those guys. Cal Poly and Wichita State will be tough. Wichita State still playing on a high momentum of being where they are, cabinet number one seed. Uh, they got to come out and handle their business. Yeah, I, and looking down the list today, uh, Baylor, Nebraska should be an interesting one. Nebraska, I think, is the higher seed than they should be, if at all, if they should even be in the tournament at all, in, in my opinion. Um, I hope Creighton wins. Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajuns. Uh, I pick Creighton in the Final Four, so. Hopefully they'll win. I mean, in the final four. Of course I did, and 
I wrote it on a piece of paper once again. So uh, Creighton is – and the reason why I picked Creighton in the Final Four is because I do not believe – say they win today. They have right. either Baylor or Nebraska, two teams that probably have higher seeds than, than they should have. And they're playing the winner, then they play the winner of Wisconsin and Oregon. And I don't believe in Wisconsin in tournaments. I don't. No matter how good they are in the, in the regular season, they have always faltered in the tournament. So I feel like if they can, if they can get through it and not get any hiccups and Doug McDermott doesn't you know, uh, get some kidney stones or something and is on the court, uh, I, I think that they'll do just fine and, and kind of glide through that about, tournament. You're talking about... Uh, two teams that can put up points. You're talking about Wisconsin and Oregon. I, I know what they're doing in the regular season, uh, but they didn't let us, they didn't let us down for their first round or second round, if you will, of uh, the NCAA's. You're talking about some teams that can put up points. Uh, you're also talking about some teams that, uh, along with those like Oregon, 75 points, or or Wisconsin, 87, or or vice versa. They also will give you 50 points and they'll win those games. But they, you know, it's gonna come down to what, what defense or who that school is. Creighton also puts up points. Another interesting game to be to watch if they can get past Lafayette. Um, but I think once they're once they get past that game, then they won't really have to deal with this with uh, Oregon or with Oregon or Wisconsin. And I think that might be the end for them at that point. Yeah, I mean we'll see. We'll see if one player can supersede a tournament in and of itself. And. Yeah. We've seen them get as far as they can. Uh, we've seen a lot of one guy teams uh, get as far as they could, but not win the championship, not win at all. Yeah, and it, an, another game that well, there's two more that I'm really excited about. Uh, Providence, oh. North Carolina. Uh, Providence won the Big East this year after all of the good teams left, so I'm not really sure uh, it, how to gauge them. North Carolina was probably the best team in the second half of the end of the uh, NCAA regular season. They went on a right. sick run of I think they won seven or eight in a row. Uh, they, you know, they just Marcus Page is who people think he is. Seventeen and a half and four assists a game in the regular season, and I do believe that Roy Williams and that team can use just the experience that Roy Williams has had over his long tenure as a coach in NCAA, and and kind of will them through. If not the second round, then the third round as well. And I, and this is they're very interesting. They're very polarizing pick because they could make the final four and, and stay hot, or they could lose in the first round to, to Providence. Right. So I mean, I I'm really intrigued to see wh- how they're going to play, and they play uh, later on this afternoon. I think at four o'clock. I think um, North Carolina. You, you're 100 percent right. They they're the hottest team uh, in the second half. I think they were on that run, which got them into this. Uh, uh, tournament. Uh, I think they will be fine, especially the competition they play and beating Duke and then beating uh, Syracuse. Um, I, I want to say congrats to Kevin Ollie over at UConn uh, for doing what he's doing over there and getting that team back into uh, the NCAA tournament. They beat uh, St. Joseph. Back to North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina is the hottest team. This will be a good game against UNC and Providence. Providence, what they went, they won a Big East this year. Uh, so this will be a good game. Uh, but in the end, North Carolina have better second half players than Providence has, so they just got to have it right there, have it close to have the lead. And this was North Carolina used to take games over because Roy Williams uh, is a dynamic coach and get those guys to play. He he puts the right mixture on the court. He does the right substitution uh, depending on the flow of the game, and that's that's one of the things he's always done. 
Yeah, I mean, that's true. And, and, and we'll see what happens. Uh, we have to take a break. Well, one more segment on the other side. We'll finish up a uh, preview of the games today. And then uh, good luck with everybody on their brackets. We'll be back in about 45 seconds. Call me on the line, Alex Clancy in studio, voiceamerica.com. We'll be back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. I'm not going to do it, Kwame. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to embarrass you. If I was by myself, I'd do it. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. (laughs) We already alluded to the Sexy Voice segment. Um, and this is Kwame's turn to say, my voice is always sexy, so that's it. So I'm not, I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to try. Um, I don't want to be redundant. You, you've already said it, so everybody knows. I know. I took away your thunder. That's what I did. See no, what I did there? You see what I did there? Yeah, all right. Uh, only 0.2% of people still have a per- uh, perfect bracket and a chance to win Warren Buffett's $1 billion. I'm looking at... Anybody uh, has a perfect bracket right now? 0.2%, as 0. I just said. Oh. Yeah. South Dakota, yeah, only 0.2% of people picked South Dakota State. Uh, so that's, North Dakota State, sorry. Um, so, I mean, that in and of itself. After Dayton upset Ohio State, 80% of brackets were ruined, as I alluded to earlier. So that shows that it's impossible to get a perfect bracket. But I'm still in it. I, 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 I heard, Kwame. I heard like I, I heard this stat that there are seven billion people on the planet. If everybody were to fill out four hundred twenty-five brackets apiece, then there would be a good chance that one person would get it right. So I mean that's obvious. Warren Buffett seems to be safe. Uh, he won't have to do a buyout with the perfect Final Four as it looks right now. All right, so VCU SF Austin. This is an interesting game because. SF Austin could now be the new VCU. Shaka Smart has done an amazing job at Virginia Commonwealth University, and they're relevant now. They went from a a literal unknown to a Final Four team to now somebody you don't want to play in the tournament. And ever since they beat Duke, I believe it was, I don't know, six years ago, five years ago, in the first round when they were a 14 seed or 13 seed, they've they've been relevant. And now SF Austin as a 12 seed is now looked at as one of the hottest teams in college basketball. And this could be the year where VCU gets VCU'd. And I'm so excited to watch and see what SF Austin's really made of. Nobody even knows where this school is. I don't know where this school is. Oh, it's in Texas. It's in Texas. Yeah. It's in Texas. I got it. It's in Uh, Texas, yeah. Yeah, I got Yeah. So we'll see. They, they're, they're, Uh, they're, they're, SF Austin University is the home of Larry Centers? Stephen F. Austin, where Larry Centers went to uh, college. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know yes. that. Cool. So, yeah, so we'll definitely see 
what happens with them. I don't know a lot about the team. I'm not going to lie to you and, and pretend. Uh, but I, I, I picked VCU uh, just because I want Chuck Smart to fail before I stop picking them. And I'm just intrigued. You want VCU? You want Shocker to fail? Uh, no, no, no. I'm saying until they do fail, I'm picking VCU in the first round every oh, year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think they've done it. I think Shock has done an amazing job over there. You know when they won that, uh, I think they got into the Final Four. Was it the Final Four uh, that year? Uh, he got to two years ago. And everyone wanted him. They tried to lure him to the bigger school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, one of the uh, admiral things that he did, uh, he's done quite a few of them, but the ones that, I, that I've seen, the one that stands out is that he stayed with VCU. He could have went to bigger schools for more money uh, and then just fit into what the NCAA, who the NCAA is, and, and this, that it's really not, <laughs> I need to take care of these kids that I made promises to. He stayed at VCU, and he's, he's getting recruits. He's getting a lot of them from Virginia, but he's, he's getting guys that don't have a problem with coming to VCU because they know they're going to compete in the NCAA tournament. VCU is what those used to be those teams like uh, Creighton and Dartmouth, not Dartmouth, but Creighton, uh, Gonzaga, those teams that would come into the tournament and, and sweep up about three or four teams and say, Cinderella this, Cinderella that. But now they're relevant. There's the team that, that's one of the teams that you expect to be there year in and year out at some point. Uh, Seed-wise, I don't know, but at least in the tournament, I think Shaka's done an uh, excellent job at DCU with the uh, talent. Yeah, yeah, and that's but and that's totally contradicting what most people say about the tournament. That all, there's too there, there are too many schools in this. Let me finish before you uh, before you come back because I know you're going to want to interrupt because this is something that's going against what you're what you said yesterday. This is the tournament was the platform that allowed VCU to become relevant. And without them being allowed in the tournament, then this never would have happened. Nobody would know who Shaka Smart is. Nobody would ever go play basketball there. And that's the beauty of the tournament. Uh, Gonzaga is another perfect example. Mark Few's been there forever. They were always the one that would win the West Coast Conference and then make noise in the tournament as an eight seed or a nine seed. And now they were a number one over, they were a number one in the country four or five years back with Adam Morrison, and they were number one seed in the tournament. They they lost, and you remember Adam Morrison crying at half court like a baby. But this is what the NCAA tournament can do. It can make colleges relevant for years and years to come. So I don't know that that's how can that possibly be a bad thing for spreading the wealth a little bit. And oh, and oh, oh you know it's, you it's, finish go. Uh, you sound like you finished, but you went crazy for a second. Go ahead. No, no, I'm done. First of all, it's hard to keep great. It's hard to keep greatness down. Uh, guys like Shocker, you, you say he won't be. We would have never heard of him. You cannot keep Brayton down. You cannot keep Creighton down. You cannot keep Gonzaga down. These tools are with these teams and these people are destined to be what they are right now. What we see tomorrow, and it has nothing to do with expanding the field. It's like BCU is like any other team. You win all your regular season games and get into, get your numbers up. Get at least twenty wins. Be some of uh, a formidable opponent, uh, so they can say strength of schedule this or strength of schedule that. Then you go into your conference championship and you win that. So it's not like he did anything or the roadblocks were against him. The NCAA is for the NCAA. Shocker was going to be great. We were going to know who he was at some point, whether that be at VCU uh, or another smaller school, or that people say that's smaller. Virginia Commonwealth University is is always been a good school, but they have to win their regular season games like everyone else has to do 
or have a stricter schedule like everyone else has, and then win your conference final. I don't, I don't think just expanding the tournament made these people and these teams who they are today. Okay, and and going to what and going to what you were saying before about him not leaving, it was very admirable, and I I agree. Most play, most people in recent history, I mean, probably, I mean, in the last thirty or forty years, you have guys that make a, make a push, they're relevant, and then they get offered a job, they get offered some sort of quote unquote dream job, which is everybody's right. everybody's dream job is their new job because they're the ones that are paying him at that given time. I understand that, but Shaka Smart and Mark Fuel together, the coach of Gonzaga, I do believe. That and this is not anything against them at all, but they have zero zero expectations of them in, at VCU and at Gonzaga. They're never going to get fired. Is my point? With Shaka Smart at VCU, will never get fired. Mark why, Few, why, why? Mark who Few at Gonzaga. Zero, who has zero expectation for him? I'm sorry. Who has zero expectations for him? Their university. I'm, they're not supposed to win the championship any year. They're never expected. To win the championship in any given year, as of now, as of now, they are not. If Shaka Smart were to go to UCLA, because that that job opened up, it did open up. I understand if he would have gone there, expectations would have been put on him right away, and that's pressure that he's never felt before. Because that Final Four run was a magical run. They had a great group of guys, a lot of seniors that had played with each other for a long time, and I think some even played with each other in high school and went there. So I, that was a magical I, I, run that, that that springboarded him to to being you know to being relevant and famous. I'm using that word again, right? But, but I, don't, I don't know, um, Alex. I, I I'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that because I I think I don't know what pressures guys come up with and and to say uh, that you said going to UCLA would have been even more pressure. Uh, and I know we're talking basketball world, but pressure is pressure. I. I this is what I use against guys when I go with them. I've never taken lessons in golf. I've, I've taught myself how to play golf. I play against guys who played at universities, sometimes played pro or semi-pro, and I watch how they just crack under pressure, and I'm like, they didn't have anything in their life. Their mothers and parents took them to country clubs, gave them these many lessons. They was never in an adverse situation. I'm like, I've been in more dire situations than this. I don't panic when it's when something is right in front of me, That's a good I point. keep quiet and keep quiet and try to figure it out myself and make it work. But I see all these guys who, when you talk about pressure, just crack. So I can't say what pressure UCLA might have been on him because I don't know what pressure he's been through in his life. Because you take the situations as you grow, you take the situations as you journey through your life, and you use them for your benefit. Like, this can't bother me. I've been through worse than this. Now let me figure it out. Yeah, well put. Well put. Uh, we got to go. This show flew by. Uh, keep an eye on all the games. We will cover everything on Monday. Duke's up 30-23 with three, in, three minutes, 20 seconds left in the oh first God. half. Oh, yeah. Tw- uh, uh, March 25th, this Tuesday coming up, 10 to 12, we have our remote uh, radio show at Armadillo's Grill on 19th and Camelback in Arcadia, Phoenix. I'm not sure exactly what it's called. Check out their Fridays, $5 martinis. I don't like martinis. Kwame does, but they're really good. They have a great wine list. Um, make me look sophisticated. Oh, goodness gracious. you, you got to get your pinky out when you're drinking it. Kwame Lester of Sports Talk. We will see you guys on Monday. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk.
on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Get ahead in business and life. Read Getting It Done, 1,000 of the Best-Kept Secrets for Success in Business and Life by John Capozzi. Learn how John, a successful Connecticut businessman, obtained 13 corporate promotions in 13 years. This book makes a fantastic gift for anyone who wants to get ahead in business.